Good morning. I'd like to read the word of God to you. And he said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourself what is right? Are you going, and as you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge may turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Well, good morning, Crosswinds. And, and those of you that are viewing us online, um, if we've not met today, my name is Ken. I, I am the pastor here, but, but sometimes I try to be a weatherman. I make predictions and forecasts of doom. That's called fear. That's something Jesus tells me not to do. I look at the events of, of my life and interpret them as either good or bad. And honestly, I'm not that accurate. I'm not accurate in my predictions of doom. But when I do that, it can cause me a lot of stress. And we're in a series uh, called Anxiety Solved. And one of the ways we solve anxiety is when we fire ourselves as weather men and weather women, the ones that interpret the signs that we see. One of my favorite verses is Romans 8.28. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, now that verse is not saying that everything that happens in our lives is good. But it is saying the forecast is very good. The truth is, some days we'll get rained out. Now, I remember one time I was on a, a mission trip in, in southern Illinois, and we had torrential rains throughout most of our trip. Um, the team I led was soaked as we knocked on doors and we invited people to the events that we were having and was, we were praying with them. And it was raining just as hard up here, and I got a call from Pastor John at the time telling me the church basement had flooded. And, and then I got a desperate call from my wife saying, Ken, where's our generator? The power is out, and the basement's flooding. And I had to sheepishly tell her that I had taken the generator with me on the mission trip to run the moon bounce. So with an unhappy wife, a soggy team, and to both my church and home, I started forecasting doom. God, I am doing your work. How could you let this happen to me? What did I do wrong? Don't you care? See, I was forecasting doom. But the mission trip went great. The leaders became more leaders. They, 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 they learned how to push through adversity and be on mission. And, and we received an insurance settlement on my basement. My insurance company actually paid out a standard amount which was much larger, larger than it cost me to repair the basement. I was even able to hire some teens in the church to help with the work, so they were blessed. And while things looked cloudy, actually they turned out pretty sunny. 
You know, a few weeks ago, our Burundi mission team arrived um, to find out all 18 of their bags filled with supplies did not make it. They had to do a VBS that day with 1,000 kids with nothing. On hearing the news, I just started praying, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord that provides. Resource them. Provide all that they need. And you know what God provided? Himself. He provided himself. The, ter- the team actually learned that he was all they needed. And he prepared their hearts for an amazingly fruitful ministry to the people of Burundi. What appeared to be a tragedy, God actually planned to bless them with the gift of more of himself, the gift of more faith. See, I think we can all be weathermen and women at times of our lives. We, we can start forecasting doom in our lives. This happens when we walk by our sight instead of faith. We, we see events and we forecast outcomes and, and we give false meaning to them. If, if things are going pretty well financially, we feel, oh, we're blessed by God. And if we can't pay our bills, he must be cursing us. If your children is happy, everything is right with the world. And when they go through hardship, we can believe it's our fault or even blame God. We may even call out, why are you letting this happen to us? You know, as his people, we can often feel when things are good, that, that God loves us. But as soon as they go wrong, we can ask, God, why do you hate me? Why are you punishing me? We completely forget the forecast of good that God has made in our lives, and we begin to start forecasting doom. You know, if you've been here for a while at Crosswinds, you've probably heard me say, fear is false evidence appearing real. See, Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. That's a promise. Some days are going to be cloudy. But then he said the forecast is good. He said, take heart, be of good courage. I have overcome this world. Beloved, our forecast is good. The sun will still soon be shining forever. And for you and me too who believe in him. If you learn to love and trust him, no matter what the circumstances of each day are, the sun will be shining forever for you. Personally, I've gone through much tougher times in my life than a little rain on a mission trip. Some of those times were extremely painful. Some of them are are still painful. So I can be tempted, like anybody, to, to cry out, God, why? Which is a question of doubt. Or doom. But I've learned there's a much better question of faith. What, God? What are you doing? What, God? You love me. Help me see how you're going to use even this for your good. When I do that, I'm trusting in his good forecast, not my own forecasts of doom. The Bible says, trust the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. You know, friends, there's a a do and a don't in that verse. Don't be your own weatherman looking for signs of God's love and his care for you. 
and do trust him even when it's cloudy. And he will make sure that everything will come out okay. The, the problem is we are all looking for signs to be sure things are going to be okay. And, and this looking and interpreting signs is, is actually what makes us anxious. We want to see things to be right, but God wants us to be right. And for us to be right, we need to trust him. Ask yourself, if you're trying to make a decision in your life right now, maybe an important one, are, are you looking for all the, the signs to line up to look right to you? Ken, go that way. Go where the weather looks sunny and it looks perfect. That's not at all what that verse is saying. It says, trust me and get going. Follow me. Even if there's an earthquake along the way blocking your path, I will make sure your feet get on solid ground. That's what I believe that verse is saying. There are so many people that never do God's will for their life because they're waiting for good weather, fearing their own predictions of possible bad weather. God's word says, The weather is going to appear bad and good to you, but the ultimate forecast is amazing. Beloved, stop being your own weather people. Today, let's look closely at God's word from Jesus as as we today finish Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when you... In the south, when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Now, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people, a crowd of people that are being weathermen and women. They're making their own predictions. And and the text, they're pretty accurate. In, In Jordan, these people knew when it got cloudy in the west, it meant rain. And when the wind came from the south, it was going to be hot. And most of Jesus' audience was in tune with the weather, very in tune, because many lived off of crops and their own gardens that they grew, and they they did not have climate-controlled homes or cars. And and so for you to understand how weather changed was important to life. It was part of life. You know, our weather people today are much more extreme agents that forecast doom. You know, I was a kid. um, We had cold days, and we had snowy days, and we had stormy days. Weathermen just reported the weather. Now, if we're going to get a lot of snow, it's called Snowmageddon. <laughs> if it's going to be cold, it's a deadly Arctic blast. And if there's going to be a storm, they never say storm. Severe storm, save yourself. Okay, I exaggerate a little bit, but not very much, right? I didn't have graphics behind me saying that. Um, it's funny to me when they make these kind of predictions of doom, and the day ends up being pretty pleasant. That always amuses me. But we live today in a media culture of fear. Don't go outside. Something might happen. What? I don't know. The end of the world. Well, we should hope so. (laughs) Then the sun will really be shining if Jesus comes. That's the end of the world. Jesus coming back, right? That's a positive thing. He tells us, to pray for that, doesn't he? That's faith. Our, our, our predictions of weather can either be positive or negative based on perspective. The farmer, rain is good. 
To the person playing golf or planning an outdoor event, it seems destructive. You know, what really unlocked this passage for me is Matthew's version. Matthew does not start with a crowd listening to Jesus. Instead, he gives insights to the attitudes of the hearts of the people who came to hear Jesus speak. It says this, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and, and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven, Matthew 16, 1. They, they were boldly looking for a sign from God that Jesus was good and, and that, that everything was going to be okay. Now, now, this was right after, in the text, Jesus healed many in their region of Galilee. And he fed more than 4,000 men. Likely it was close to 8,000 people because there were probably women and children there. And, and, and he did it with only seven loaves and a few small fish. He, he provided all that they needed. And, you know, Jesus had already shown them he was God by the miracles he was performing. And he told them always how good his, his father was. He had been giving a good forecast all over with his gospel. But these people still wanted another sign because they believed in positive signs, not him. If you only believe in God in good circumstances, then do you really believe in a good God or do you believe in good circumstances? And really not a God who said, in this life there will be trouble. Friends, if, if you live your life by signs, that actually can be unbelief. Jesus told Satan, man shall not live by bread alone, but by um, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's quoting from Deuteronomy 8 too. Man doesn't live by bread alone, how much bread we have in our pockets, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Living by signs, friends, is not faith. It is living by fear or by Satan, the, the one who attempts to control us by our fears that our desires somehow will not be met. In, in Matthew 16, 4, Jesus says to us and to the crowd, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Friends, what's the sign of Jonah? A fishy story? No. That God shows kindness even to his worst enemies. That in love, he even comes to the worst sinners to bring them to himself. In our text, back to Luke 12, verse um, 56, Jesus says, Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? See, a hypocrite is a, a pretender or an actor. The crowd is pretending to know what is good and, and trying to forecast things for themselves. They have become judges of what is good and what is bad. And friends, the religious often do this. They determine from the signs that they are good and that those that are not like them and that don't think like them and those that annoy them are bad. And I believe Jesus is saying to them, you're so blinded by trying to interpret what you understand as bad and good, you're not seeing things. It has blinded you 
to what is really good, this present time. Now, when Jesus uses this word time here, he uses the word kairos, which can mean a measure of time, it can mean a season, and it can also mean an opportunity. And I believe what Jesus is saying here is you become so busy trying to forecast your own weather, you have lost sight of the true forecast, my good news, that God desires to have peace with you forever. You know, some of you are, like me, sometimes beating yourself up about all the bad things you do. And, and others of you are beating up others about the bad things that they do. Your forecasts of doom come from your interpretation of circumstances that often you can't control. And, and that distracts you from the real opportunity you have for the Son of God to shine brighter in your life. Your life is about searching for what feels good to you and avoiding what feels bad to you. It's not about pursuing Jesus. It's not about pursuing him. Friends, you've missed the point. You're actually missing an incredible opportunity because of how you're interpreting things. Because you're so focused on the good and the bad in this temporal world, you're ignoring the reality of the eternal. Jesus asked this question. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time or opportunity? The problem is you're looking for good weather outwardly instead of looking inwardly first. How can something sinful or not good be the judge of what is good? That's hypocritical. You're pretending to know what is good when you're wicked. You're you're predicting God's goodness based on you and your emotions instead of based on what he has revealed about himself. The Bible says this, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. If you don't get that, All of your interpretations and predictions of reality are going to be off. You know, I find it fascinating that the world does not accept sin as our main problem. And yet it forecasts all kinds of doom constantly. And all kinds of of human solutions to our problems that are always way off. Here's how you can have perfect kids. Here's how you can have the perfect spouse. Here's how you can have the perfect government. Here's how you can have the perfect church. Beloved, your kids are sinners. Your spouse is a sinner. Your government officials, and you all give me an amen for this, are all sinners, no matter what party they're in. And every church, even the mega church and the minute church, is full of sinners, except the Baptists. No, no, it's the Catholics, right? No, no, it, it's the Lutherans, right? See, God says there are no exceptions. And beloved, you're not an exception. You, and you're not going to have a perfect life anywhere because you're a sinner. It's not a matter of geography. You're stuck 
<laughs> with yourself. <laughs> and you're always the problem. And so am I. The bad news is this is the season we're all in. And for me to say that is more accurate than any weather forecast or prediction. You know, the forecast when you go outside today is that the sun is shining, but the world is clouded with sinners out there. But there is good news in that if you accept that forecast. That there is one person without sin standing right in front of you, and the sun is shining. And he, because God loves you, has been telling you this. He's been telling you this. He's been telling them this. He's saying, I'm going to die for you. And my goodness will reconcile you or, or pay the price for all of your sin. The sun is shining grace on you. And if you will believe in my forecast and not your own forecast, it'll come to pass. That's what our 100% accurate weatherman comes to say. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. My friends, you have a choice. Do you want to be the son of a king or the daughter of a king or a weather person? You know, I've never met a weatherman personally, but I bet they're pretty proud of their predictions. They always seem so confident as they're standing up there and what they're saying. And for the most part, you know, they're actually pretty right when they say it's going to rain. The problem is location, location, location. They predict over a, a large area, and so you'll have pockets of places that are different from others. Uh, uh, you know, clouds have holes in them, I've learned. Sometimes they're like a donut. Um, we had a mission team one time, and it was raining everywhere except in Plainfield because God wanted us to work here. It was like a donut. So there's holes in clouds. Um, and and uh, so the north side of Plainfield can be rainy, and the south side can be sunny. You've all seen that. So maybe you can trust in their predictions of doom by 70 to 80% of the time. But, but Jesus is saying 100% of the time, if you will look inward, you will find the problem. You will find that you are a sinner that needs to be redeemed by God who loves 100% of his creation. Hypocrite, stop pretending you're sunny when you're not. It, it, it's actually keeping the Son of God from shining in your life. Jesus challenges us all in verse 57. Why don't you judge for yourself what is right? You know, if you know you're wrong, then you know what's right. The only way to know what's wrong, right is to know you're wrong, to know that he's right. And that's an honest look inward, which is called humility. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we don't do that honest inward look, our interpretations of doom are just not correct. If, if, verse 8 uh, in 1 John um, 1 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and, and the truth is not in us. Beloved, we can't interpret our world and our circumstances correctly if we don't interpret ourselves first correctly. And this is exactly what the, the religious in the crowd 
would refuse to do is interpret themselves correctly. And, and so Jesus then gives us a parable to help us better grasp the reality of the, the season that we are in. To help us see the window of opportunity, the kairos, we all have. As you're going with the, your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer. And the officer will throw you into prison, and I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. The story is very clear. You have an adversary. Like, and, uh, or an accuser, like in a, in a lawsuit. And the, the type of court Jesus is describing with the Greek word he uses is a, is a debtor's court. And the assumption is that you're guilty because Jesus is encouraging you to settle the matter outside of court before you meet the judge. See, jails were not as cushy and lenient, and the courts weren't either as they are today, especially for those who owed someone some money. Reconciling with your accuser was the best way to keep you out of prison and to keep you from beatings. If you did go to prison in the first century, you'd be in terrible trouble. You'd most likely be beaten daily to get your family to pay them more quickly. Release before a debt was paid was extremely rare. And, 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 and since debt had to be paid in full before release, people would often sell themselves into slavery to avoid a debtor's prison. Try to do that on the way. Let me, let me go into slavery. Let me go do work for somebody instead. Work out it with maybe even the person you owed money to. They, they, they tried to work it out. You know, a penny in this story was a leptin, which is the smallest coin of the time. It was 1 128th of a denarius worth about a half hours of work. And you would not be released, Jesus says, until you paid that last penny. And it would have to be paid by someone else because you, you don't have the ability to earn money when you're in prison. You know, people were much better off reconciling or, or making an agreement with their adversary on the way to court than risking jail. It was possible if you went to jail, you would never get out alive. Mercy from your accuser was the best option. And Jesus here is talking about our final judgment before God. That time we're, we're all before the great white throne. And, and he's describing our sins like a debt to God. And if they're, they're not paid before we face judgment, we will go to hell, unable to free ourselves. God is merciful. But we have Satan as an accuser who will, will be like a prosecuting attorney, reminding God that he is just and that the last penny of our debt must be paid. And we will give an account to God for our lives. And, and many will stand before him in shame because they've blown the opportunity of Kairos. It, it has been lost. You see, right now is Kairos. Your opportunity to settle the case before you get to court by, by faith in Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, God allowed Jesus to pay your debt 
by dying for you on a Roman cross. And, and, and a great exchange happened there. A, a transaction happened there on the cross. The sinless son of God was made into sin for you. He, he was punished for you. The last penny of your sin was put on him as they put the sword in his side, as they put the nails in his hands, as they put the crown of thorn on his head. If you learn to trust in what Jesus did for you and not lean on your own understanding, friends, you will be reconciled or or forgiven of all your debt of sin. All, All your debt of sin, past, present, future, is wiped away by his precious blood. And then three days later, Jesus walked out of the grave again, alive, and forever. And this was like a receipt that proved our bill was paid. That, that Satan's power to condemn us into his prison and accuse us was destroyed. Friends, all sin, every sin, carries the death penalty. But because your sin was destroyed, Jesus promises you eternal life for all of you who will trust in what he did for us to receive this forgiveness and everlasting life you have to stop being a weatherman looking outside of you for the problem today look inward repent turn from your sin to god and and receive his mercy settle your debt with him right now Friends, this is the opportunity. You you can't work off your own sins. Friends, the the debt is too great for each of us. Your only shot is to throw yourself upon the mercy of the magistrate before that day of judgment. Friends, mourning your sin, feeling bad and condemning yourself is, is just not the answer. Blaming others, looking for the, the problem in others is not the answer. Trying to work off your debt by your good behavior, friends, is not the answer. The only answer is within. Admitting the problem of sin that we all have and recognizing the the amazing opportunity we have to be cleansed by Jesus' sacrifice. You know, as I prayed on this passage for a a, a couple hours, I, I believe Jesus talk to me in a special way, uh, in the way I could understand about this text that, that I could understand. And, and I, what I heard is that, Ken, you're not perfect. And they're not perfect. I'm perfect. Relax. Stop being a weatherman. I love you. Dummy. I'm sure the dummy was just for me. But you would be a fool not to settle out of court and have your sins forgiven today and be given eternal life while you have the opportunity. Beloved, if you do that, your anxieties will be solved. If you would just relax, stop your false interpretations, 
and understand the season of grace that you are in. Your fears will disappear in God's love for you in Jesus Christ. The Son of God loved you and gave his life for you. Today, you can be at peace knowing that you are God and God are at peace forever. The Bible says this, there is no fear in love, but that perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. See, fear comes from our false forecast about the nature of things. But when the sun shines the light of his love and truth into your life, friends, your fears will fade away like the clouds. Beloved, the forecast is beautiful. Right now, right now, the forecast is beautiful. We know all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Friends, trust his word, not your forecast. Stop forecasting and and looking for signs. Trust in the love of God who sent his own son to die for you so that you might have eternal life. In this life, we will have trouble. Take heart. Be of good courage, for he has overcome the world. And in him you will too. Trust today in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we praise you. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to me personally. I pray, Lord God, through the Holy Spirit right now that you, you speak to others, Lord that, 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 Lord, that they would be convicted of their sin by the Holy Spirit. That, Father, they would also be convicted of just how good you are and, and what you have done for them and how much you love them. And they would be convicted that, that time is short, that they need to make a change today, that judgment is coming for those that do not repent. So, Father, let your Holy Spirit work. Father, let it work in a powerful way today and change hearts. If there's anybody here that is not trusted in you or has stopped trusting in you, Father, let them come today and, and put their trust in you with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding, but in all their ways, let them acknowledge you from here forward. Let them follow you. Father, I praise you for the work you are doing in all of our lives right now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.